Okay, hello everyone and welcome back to uh, another episode on my podcast and stream on the future of business and technology. And today's topic is how HPE is enabling customers to use generative AI, a super important topic. And um, today I'm joined by Mark Armstrong, who is the VP and general manager for EMEA for high performance computing and and ai at hpe so welcome mark thanks bernard and um, where are you joining us from today mark i'm near london at the moment bernard so uh yeah in my uh, well, in our offices in uh, in reading very good so maybe we can start by you giving us a bit of background to yourself how you ended up becoming a vp at hpe and and a, a little background uh, that that you and and basically the background you have in the industry sure will do so i mean i've been in the computing industry now for um what 27 years and um been through a whole number of different roles mainly in the uk um, up until a few years ago, um, as a uh, coming up from from being a, a sales exec to um, a manager of various different districts, uh, to running the sales function in the UK, also running our channel in the UK, um, and then most recently in the role I'm in now, which is um, responsible for our HPC and AI business across Europe, Middle East, and Africa. So uh, a, a huge geog geography um, and. Um, a whole range of different products, um, services, and software to help our customers um, develop the high-performance compute and AI solutions that uh, that they need. So, yeah, I've been in the in the industry a long time. Um, I would say the pace of change only accelerates, and certainly in the last three years, the industry has um, has um, moved forward tremendously, and particularly. The AI space in the last what twelve months has uh, surged forward. So uh, we're seeing rapid developments um, in the capability of of our systems, what our customers can do with them, and really, it's my role um, with the team to um, to assist our customers in designing and developing AI and HPC systems to um, help drive their businesses forward. So, Very yeah. good. Very good. So what are HPE's core competencies and how long has AI been a priority? Because I guess people associate HP with computing and compute, yeah. but not necessarily AI. So that yeah. would be interesting to know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would take that question in terms of AI has been with us for decades, as we probably all know. And, you know, the, the, the thing about AI is typically it requires incredibly high performance from a compute perspective. Um, and HPE um, has been world leader in high performance compute for you know, decades, and we continue to be so uh, across the globe. So you know, our, um, our history is a long one um, in both high performance compute and, and AI. And the two are very, very tightly linked. Um, you know, if you look at the workloads that are required for generative AI, um, th those, those requirements are very similar to high performance compute. And that's why we've had such success in, in the last uh, couple of years um, servicing this new and upcoming generative AI 
NAI market. So, you know, I would summarize, you know, what do we have, um, um, you know, as, as our portfolio, we have the world's most performant and powerful computing systems with Cray um, um, and, and our Apollo systems. We have high performance storage that, that, that supports that compute. Um, we have um, a range of services, um, both in terms of helping our customers to optimize the technology for the workloads that they need and the solutions that they need for AI and HPC, and also to ensure that you know, these very, very complex, very, very um, high-scale systems are deployed effectively, um, do what do what we say they're going to do, um, and ultimately provide the highest performance. And then we provide a software tool set that enables um, our customers to really efficiently use that capital investment um, and get the most from it um, in terms of um, optimizing the efficiency of machine learning, um, reducing the amount of time it takes to get outcomes through machine learning, um, and um, you know that's a very interesting part of our business, and we've been pretty acquisitive there over the last few years. Recently, acquiring an um, organisation known as Determined AI and Pachyderm, very specifically to help the uh, the machine learning uh, process and um, and make that more efficient. And then you know we we couple uh, you know that capability with the the um, ability for our customers to procure these systems and use these systems in many different ways, you know, from, um, you know, a capital uh, expenditure model, but also from as a, a various as a service models. So um, customers can create their own private AI cloud. Um, they can purchase um, large language modeling as a service um, from HP um, in, in, within our GreenLake platform. platform. And equally, we have um, you know very extensive relationships with um, the service provider um, market, both in Europe and and, and globally. So um, really, we're at, we're we're about ensuring that customers can consume this generative AI in a way that suits their business. Very good. And you you mentioned high scale. I think this is what everyone wants and is talking about. How do I really scale up artificial intelligence in my organization? So what is HP's approach and strategy for scaling AI? Well, I mean, I guess the first aspect of it is ensuring that we, we work really, really closely with our customers to determine what the right architecture is to do um, and compute the workloads that they need. Um, and that's really fundamental. And, and honestly, I think we have um, the strongest team um, in globally in terms of the ability to understand how the technology works and orientate that and optimize that to the applications and the workloads that our customers need to use um, to ensure that they maximize the value of the, um, of the compute um, service that they, that they need. So um, I would say that um, that is a really key thing. And then, you know, the experience that we have in putting together the world's most powerful supercomputers, you know, it's not far away from that when you look at the performance requirements for large generative AI models. So, you know, as a, as a great example, um, you know, Frontier is the world's most powerful supercomputer based in the US. 
Um, Lumi is a is a is the the most powerful supercomputer in Europe, um, capable of computing I think 375 petaflops um, um, in, in in performance. And um, taking the experience that we gain from deploying these massive systems helps us to ensure that we architect the right solutions for customers that want to uh, solve for generative AI. Um, a great, I mean, a great example of that is Aleph Alpha, a European um, um, startup um, at, where, you know, we've put together with Aleph Alpha, we've designed um, what is the world's 72nd largest supercomputer to do LLM modeling. Um, and, you know, we've taken our experience in designing supercomputers and, and, um, and laid that over um, what Aleph Alpha need to, uh, to do their generative LLM modeling. So, um, yeah, lots of experience. And then from a scale perspective, really, the scale is pretty limitless um, with the uh, capabilities and the intellectual property that we have. Very good. We had a conversation before this one, and I was impressed to learn about how HP is continuously investing in AI solutions and products. So maybe you can outline what the key elements of the HP AI strategy is. Sure. So, so I mean, the, the core of our strategy is that uh, you know, we have a huge amount of intellectual property within the technologies um, that I've sort of uh, earlier described, and we we continue to significantly invest in building that intellectual property up um, organically within within the company. And um, Slingshot is a uh, is a really highly performant network um, solution that we have um, within our our supercomputers. That's a really good example of, of that organic um, um, solution development. Then equally, you know, where it's appropriate. Um, from a, an acquisitions perspective, we've been pretty active. So in the most recent past, we've we've acquired Silicon Graphics, we've acquired Cray, um, we've acquired the two software companies that I talked to earlier. So, you know, we're really looking at, at you know, high performance compute is, is a core part of HPE's uh, future strategy. Um, and, um, you know, we're making the acquisitions that we need to um, ensure that we have the best solutions for our customers. And we're making the, internal investments to do to do the same thing so you know it's a it's a huge intent that we have and um, you know i think we've demonstrated um that intent um with um with what we're doing very good so let's talk a bit more about ai and and how it is actually impacting businesses i'd love to know sure. how okay. you feel ai is impacting businesses today and how this might shift in the future and in particular, how your customers are using generative AI. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we have so many different examples of the application of AI, you know, from, from, um, from simulation to um, generative modeling to digital twins, traffic management, you know, weather forecasting. The, the application of AI is, is, is almost limitless. Um, you know, in the generative AI space, you know, it really it's about uh, it's about us designing for um, the whole breadth of customers that are investing in generative AI 
um, solutions to, uh, to, you know, to develop their businesses. As I say, a really good example uh, is our relationship with Aleph Alpha. Aleph Alpha have an aspiration to, uh, to lead um, the creation of next-gen AI in Europe. And, um, and they're demonstrating that, as I've said, with um, an incredible strategy to make um, LLM models available on, through all of the major European languages. Um, and HPE, you know, underpin that uh, underpin that vision with the with the with the compute architecture and solutioning that uh, that Aleph Alpha needs. So, um, yeah, a really good example there of a of a of a, of a partner that is creating LLM models, um, and um, HPE is underpinning that. You know, equally, we have uh, a huge number of different customers that are using AI in in you know, in many many different ways. Um, you know, um, Red Bull, uh, from a perspective of designing and simulation, simulation for the design of their, their F1 cars is a, is a, is a great example. Um, we have a, a, a long relationship with KAUST, which is the uh, King Abdullah University of Science and Technology in Saudi Arabia. And, uh, and there they're using uh, HPE supercomputers to model um, um, weather simulation to um, work out how they can create increased rainfall um, in the Saudi Gulf uh, to, uh, to to support um, the availability of water to their to their population. Um, um, autonomous drive, I think, is another fantastic example of uh, where HPE has uh, an incredible relationship with um, Azunuity um, that provide the um, AI training uh, for uh, for Volvo cars. So, you know, the the, the current application of AI, um, I think um, we have an incredible breadth of use cases um, that we are that we are delivering to. And I think the future will only will only um, the pace of change and growth will only increase, um, you know, when we see how in the last six months, um, generative AI um, is creating the ability to design a whole range of different applications. Um, it's almost uh, it's almost limitless, and uh, you know we we uh, we have an aspiration to be at the heart of that. Very good. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So when whenever organizations are trying to implement AI, there are clearly challenges. There, you said that you you're working with so many different companies uh, applying AI in lots of different ways. Mm -hmm. So what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that businesses are facing when they're trying to uh, adopt AI? I think that's a, a big question. And there's a lot of dependencies there on where that, where that organization is on their, on their journey. My sense is that um, if I relate that to generative AI and LLM, um, you know, I think that a lot of businesses are still at the very, very early stages of this, the exploratory stages of this. And I think there is a balance between um, understanding how AI at a high level can um, improve the performance of a, a, of a business in, 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 you know, in ways of either the offset or efficiencies, um, you know, or, or, or other, or other mechanisms and where to start, frankly. So, 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 you know, establishing one or two projects that are going to make the most difference in this space, I think 
organizations are still struggling with and they're still trying to identify um you know what what to take forward when that will make the most impact in a, in a short in a short time frame um so you know i see i see that with a lot of organizations um but then equally you know organizations that are further down the the, the journey it's you know how do they how do they create the capacity to train their models um, um, efficiently and quickly um, on an ongoing basis? You know, how do, and, and how do they invest and what's the most effective way to invest to, uh, to solve for that, you know, for that challenge? So I think that the, um, I think the challenges are varied, but one thing is for certain, I think that every major corporation and every major research establishment in, in, in certainly in my region, uh, has AI at the, at the core of its uh, future strategy, um, certainly from an intent perspective. Um, the challenge, I think, is what's the most effective way to, to, to you know, to move through, um, you know, move through the different stages to uh, to execution. Yeah, and you, you mentioned that AI is being used by organizations in so many different ways. It has been on the agenda for a, a decade and more. Um, why do you think generative AI is front, front, front page news right now and pretty much everywhere and is, is on, the, on the top of the, the hype cycle? Well, uh, my view on that is that um, yeah, AI has been available for many, many years, but but it's it's been sort of invisible. You know, sort of you know things like genomics, things like simulation, design, digital twin. You know, these are all examples of of, of AI that the consumer market has enjoyed the outcome of, but never really seen how it's got done. So it's been so it's been broadly irrelevant to the consumer. Whereas I think in the last 12 months, generative AI has exploded on the basis that it has been made very open um, in terms of what, what it can do at a consumer level. And I think that's driven a huge level of interest that, um, that has um, just, 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 just uh, created the market that we see now. Um, so, you know, I think fundamentally, you know, when I look back, uh, at my career, you know, the things that have really made um, huge impacts to society are things that classically the consumer can get can get their head around and can experience and can enjoy. And I think that OpenAI um, is a great example of how that worked from a Gen AI perspective to really blow open what this thing can do um, and, um, and and created a bow wave that um, that is then. Um, I think increased its interest across the whole range of uh, of public sector and and commercial um, organisations. So, what do you think are some of the the new opportunities that generative AI is providing and uncovering? Well, again, you know, I think, I mean, I think, um, I think that's almost limitless. I, I think that um, organizations have huge data lakes, as, as, as we know. And, you know, I think, I think organizations understanding how they can extract more from that data and use that in a way to improve the services that they deliver to their, to their customers, I think, is at the heart of it. Um, so, you know, to me, I, I think that's that's the key to, 
you know, to uh, to how this is going to move forward. And um, you know, in terms of in terms of where, in terms of industry segments, I I think that's across across the piece. Um, so I, I would I would suggest that we'll see major innovations coming out of pretty well all industries in the coming few years with respect to to uh, to to, uh, to what Gen AI can deliver. Um, driven, as I've said, you know, by the, the 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 ability we have now, where we didn't before, to use that data in ways in ways that uh, that, that are innovative, innovative and new. And what future trends do you expect to see as generative AI becomes more efficient and more capable? Um, I think it will distill through. So we'll see, we, we, you know, we'll see more and more models um, and we'll see more and more tuning through to get much more specific outcomes, company specific outcomes, industry specific outcomes. Um, and I think that's that that will be the kind of the next the next steps. So so. Um, you know, organizations using their secure data to create services that are very appropriate to their customer base. And I think that will generate that that will be, you know, a significant uh, future step. Um, and we'll see that, you know, we'll see that emerging. We're already starting to see it emerge, but I think we'll we'll start to see that emerging more and more um, as we go over the next, what, 24 months. Mm -hmm. What about the future are you most excited about and what about the future are you most concerned about? This is a, a question I, I tend to ask all my my guests. Well, and you can take well, this as widely as you want. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm excited about a whole bunch of things. I mean, last week we did a number of uh, a number of um, work, workshops, roadshows in, in different countries around Europe. And we had a, a we had incredible attendance. Um, and it was specifically about how we can help organizations to extract more value from their data using AI and, and, and LLM modeling. Um, and, um, you know, what was exciting about that was experiencing the breadth of customers that were investing in, you know, in this area of, 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 of compute um, and the variance of customers from startups that were, generating their own and developing their own LLM models to, you know, startups that were investing in how they could extract more from models that were already there to huge corporations working out, as I've said, you know, how they can, how they can, how they can, uh, they can utilize generative AI. So, you know, the exciting thing for me is the, um, the train has left the station, as we say, and, um, you know, there are going to be a huge, a huge number of really exciting services, um, trends um, um, that we'll experience as, as consumers, I think, you know, in the coming years off the back of, the, off the back of this, uh, this technology and off the back of their capacity to utilize data in, in ways that we never imagined would be, were, you know, would be feasible. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's, 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 so many, there's so many things, I think, so many parts of our lives that this technology will touch. Um, um, I find that incredibly exciting. Mm. In, any in terms of in terms of risks, I mean, I, I suppose we've all we've all heard of them. Which is, you know, what what happens if if the capability gets into the wrong hands? How do we manage that? How do we legislate for that? 
Um, you know, I, I don't think that's new with technology. I think technology has always has always had that 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 potential risk and challenge. Um, I think we've always managed to uh, to work out frameworks to uh, ensure we get ensure we get the most from technology, and that's the sort of sort of side that I would err on. Um, so yeah, but there's definitely risks out there. Very good. Thank you so much, Mark, for your time today. That was fascinating. And it's, it's great to hear how important AI is for HP. So thank you for sharing this with us. Thank you, Bernard. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Okay. And, and, and anyone who ever wants to re-watch or re-listen to this, simply head to my YouTube channel or my podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark.